Welcome to the Dhamma Podcast. The audio recording that follows was recorded during S.N. Goenka's tour of North America in 2002, known as the Meditation Now Tour. This podcast will be updated monthly, with additional archives from S.N. Goenka's talks and questions and answer sessions, as well as other speakers discussing aspects of Vipassana meditation as taught by S.N. Goenka. This podcast is sponsored by Pariyati, a nonprofit publisher that offers written, audio, and video content and whose mission is to enrich the world by disseminating the words of the Buddha, providing sustenance for the seeker's journey, and illuminating the meditator's path. For more information regarding Pariyati, please go to www.pariyati.org. That is www.pariyati.org. For more information on Vipassana meditation as taught by S. Goenka, including a schedule of courses offered throughout the world, please see www.dhamma.org. That is www.dhamma.org. Venerable monks and friends, we have all assembled here this evening to understand what is Vipassana. And how does it help us in our day-to-day life? How it is relevant in today's world? Vipassana is spirituality, applied spirituality, practical application of spirituality in life. This is Vipassana. And what is spirituality? Spirituality is to live a moral life, to abstain from all immoral actions, vocal as well as physical. Actions which hurt and harm other beings which disturb the peace and harmony of other beings to abstain from such immoral actions. And how can one live a moral life unless the mind is disciplined, a wild mind, a monkey mind cannot live a moral life. An agitated mind cannot live a moral life. So a disciplined mind, even if the mind is disciplined, time and again, one breaks morality because the mind is not pure. There's impurity in the mind. lot of defilements in the mind which keep on influencing influencing one to perform such actions which otherwise one would not have performed. So purity of mind. And when the mind is pure, then naturally it is full of love pure love, 
pure love without a trace of passion or lust pure love without expecting anything in return pure love is one way traffic full of compassion goodwill and tolerance this is applied spirituality and this is vipassana every religion every religion of the world worth its name teaches spirituality that is to live a moral life with a disciplined mind pure mind full of love compassion goodwill tolerance this preaching is there in every religion but mere preaching does not help one may feel proud look my religion also says the same my religion also teaches the same but if it is not applied in life it is no spirituality vipassana gives us a way how to apply spirituality in life how to live a real moral life free from all immoral actions vocal and physical to have a disciplined mind to have a pure mind full of love compassion goodwill a technique was discovered 26 centuries back an enlightened person the buddha discovered a scientific way how to live a moral life how to have spirituality in life and he made use of this for his own enlightenment for his own liberation then out of infinite compassion started distributing this technique to one and all for about 5 to 600 years it continued to help the people of india then due to one reason or the other india lost it it went to many neighboring countries there also in most of the countries it got lost but one neighboring country myanmar maintained this technique in its pristine purity for more than 2000 years from teacher to pupil from teacher to pupil although very few people maintained it but they maintained it and that is why we get it now in its pure form this teaching of morality was already there in india at the time of buddha and perhaps in other countries too there were many teachers who were teaching live the life of morality that is shila concentrate your mind control your mind that is samadhi 
purify your mind, that is panya. In Hindi and Sanskrit we say pragya. Then what special, what special contribution was of Buddha? When we practice it, we understand it was a wonderful contribution given by Buddha. He gave a technique by which one has to control the mind, to make it very sharp, to make it very sensitive. And for that, the object of meditation must be something related to your own self, your own physical structure, your own mental structure. The whole process is process of truth-realization, self-realization, realization of truth pertaining to oneself, within oneself, by oneself, at the experiential level. It is not an intellectual game. It is not an emotional or devotional game. Practical experience to realize the truth. What is this physical structure to which one keeps on saying, I, I, mine, mine? So much identification with this body and so much attachment towards this body. And what is this mental structure which one keeps on saying, I, mine, I, mine? So much identification attachment towards this mind. What you understand? What is this material structure? What is this mental structure? For exploring this truth, he gave the technique, remain aware of the truth about yourself as it manifests from moment to moment. Nothing but truth. And truth which you are experiencing yourself. Not the truth that you heard from somebody. Not the truth that you have read in your scriptures. Nothing doing. Your own experience. So one has to spare ten days of life to learn this technique how to explore the truth pertaining to oneself. When you decide and come to a course of ten days, you are asked to sit down comfortably in any posture, not necessarily a lotus posture or half lotus posture. If someone can conveniently sit in lotus posture, half lotus posture, go ahead, nothing wrong. Otherwise, any posture, any posture that keeps you comfortable for longer periods at a stretch is a good posture. Keep your back and your neck straight. Keep your eyes gently closed. Keep your mouth gently closed. Now, there is no activity, no activity, physical activity, no vocal activity. Now, what reality is manifesting itself? 
The first reality that you will experience is your own breath, the breath coming in, the breath going out. This is the truth. No imagination is involved. Start with it. Observe the breath as it is. Don't try to interfere the natural flow of the breath. Don't try to regulate the breath. Don't try to control the breath. That is a different technique altogether called pranayam. It has its own benefit. But this technique is totally different from pranayam. This technique is to develop the faculty, faculty of observing the truth objectively, as it is, not as you would like it to be, as it is. If the breath is deep, it is deep. If it is shallow, it is shallow. If it passes through left nostril, left nostril. Right nostril, right nostril. Don't interfere with the flow of the breath, natural flow of the breath. Just observe. Just observe. So easy. Keep your attention at the entrance of the nostrils and keep on feeling the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out. Like someone sitting at the bank of the river and observing the flow of the river. Natural flow of the river. One does nothing to change the flow of the river. It is there, natural. One is sitting at the bank and just observing the flow. So also, your mind steadfastly fixed on this area and feeling the breath coming in, going out, coming in, going out. So easy and yet so hard. Whenever you come to take a course of 10 days, you will notice the first day, it will be so difficult. You will hardly observe a couple of breaths and the mind is gone somewhere. And then you suddenly realize, oh, I was observing the breath. What I started doing? Again, you bring your attention to the breath. Hardly a couple of breaths. Again, the mind wanders away. Again, the mind wanders away. I have seen many new students on the first day get frustrated, start generating aversion towards oneself, towards one's own mind. What sort of mind I am carrying? You just to observe, nothing else to do, and this also you can't do. Then the guide will say, no, don't generate anger. Don't generate aversion, even towards yourself. Anger is anger. Very harmful. Accept the fact. You were observing the breath and the mind wandered away. And as soon as you realize mind has wandered away, just accept the fact. Oh, the mind has wandered away. That's all. The breath is still there. Start working with the breath. Again the mind wanders away. You realize, again you bring back. Keep on working patiently, persistently, patiently, persistently. Continuously, so far as this technique is concerned, continuity of practice is the secret of success. Continuously, continuously, one day passes, the second day passes. By the time you reach the third day, the mind starts calming down. Not totally calm down, but much better 
compared to what it was on the first day. It starts getting concentrated. Buddha discovered that if the mind is concentrated on one point, one-pointed concentration, and he gave this area, the area below the nostrils, above the upper lip, <coughs> the middle part of the upper lip, one-pointed concentration on this area with the awareness of the breath coming in, going out. For as long, maintaining the continuity of awareness as possible. You are with the truth. <clears throat> no imagination is allowed. The entire path starts with truth, 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 nothing but truth. Truth that you experience. No imagination. No visualization, no verbalization, no auto-suggestion or outer-suggestion, no imposition of this philosophical belief or that philosophical belief, breath as breath. When you are with the reality, concentrating your mind on a small point, law of nature is such that the mind becomes sharper and sharper. Sharper and sharper, subtler and subtler, shorter and shorter, like a fine bread thread. As it comes out, it makes a U-turn, starts going in. And one has to be very much aware of it. Then the mind becomes very sensitive. It starts experiencing some other realities. Again, realities pertaining to your body and mind, nothing else. In this area, by the end of the third day, one starts experiencing some biochemical reaction or the other, some electromagnetic reaction or the other, manifesting itself as this sensation or that sensation. Some sensation or the other is always there. Maybe heat, maybe perspiration, maybe throbbing, pulsing, vibrating, tingling. Heaviness, numbness, pressure, tension, some sensation or the other. And you start observing it. Just observe. Just observe. No reaction. Don't give any, any valuation to this good or bad. Just observe the reality as it is. By the time you start working on the fourth day, you start feeling sensations everywhere throughout the body, from the top of the head to the tips of the toes. The entire body. This is the truth for everybody. The entire body, every part of the body, every particle of the body, every atom of the body. So long as there is life, there is sensation. One has to keep on observing that. Observing that, initially one comes across very solidified, intensified, unpleasant, gross sensations like pain, pressure, heaviness, tension, etc. Just observe. 
Don't try to push it out. Don't have any aversion towards unpleasant sensation. Just accept the reality. Keeping the mind very equanimous. With equanimous mind, balanced mind, keep on observe. Observe objectively, without identifying these sensations as I, mine, objectively. In a day or two, a good meditator finds that according to the law of nature, if the mind is calm, quiet, sharp, and equanimous, the gross sensations start getting dissolved. The entire physical structure, but at the apparent level, seems to be very gross, solidified. As you keep on practicing, keep on practicing, the entire solidity gets dissolved. Mere vibrations, mere vibrations. This great super scientist of the field of spirituality, 26 centuries back, without any modern scientific apparatus or instruments, with his own insight, discovered this truth. The entire physical structure, the entire material, material structure is nothing but atoms. He gave the name Kalapa. Kalapa means the tiniest particle of the material world. And he says this is also not solid. Vibration, wavelet, wavelet. This reality was accepted by modern scientists about a century and a half ago. In the entire material world, there is no solidity, mere vibration, mere vibration. What do you gain by this? As you proceed further, you understand. Exploring the truth, exploring the truth, realities of the law of nature becomes clearer and clearer to you. The entire physical structure vibration, vibration. The mind also vibration, vibration. All the contents of the mind also vibration, vibration. Arising, passing, arising, passing with great rapidity, high velocity. With this wavelength or that wavelength, but rising, passing, arising, passing. Now what happens? One takes the attention at the eye sense door, vibration, vibration, ear sense door, vibration, vibration, nose sense door, vibration, vibration, the tongue sense door, vibration, vibration, the body skin sense door, vibration, vibration, the mind, vibration, vibration, all these six sense doors, mere vibration, mere vibration, and the outside world, the outside world is real for us only when it comes in contact with these sense doors. A shape, a form, a color, a light comes in contact with the eye sense door. A sound comes in contact with the ear sense door. A smell comes in contact with the nose sense door. A taste comes in contact with the tongue sense door. Something tangible comes in contact with the body sense door. A thought or emotion comes in contact with the mind sense door. One realizes vibration, vibration, vibration. A good meditator 
may not be in one ten day, maybe in the second ten day course or third ten day course, the entire law of nature becomes clearer and clearer. Sound has come in contact with the ear sense too. One realizes four aggregates of the mind. This enlightened person divided, dissected, made an analytical study not only of this material structure but the mental structure and he found 121 types of mind. 121 types of mind. 52 types of mental contents. This mind is a reason with this mental content. This mind is a reason and it arises and passes with great rapidity. One has to reach that high stage to experience that. But a beginner will understand the four aggregates of the mind, how they work. A sound has come in contact with the ear sense too. Immediately one aggregate of the mind raises its head, oh, something is happening at this sense door. Or something is happening at the eye sense door, or the nose sense door, or the tongue sense door, or the body sense door, or the mind sense door. It cognizes. Its job is to cognize something has happened. Immediately another aggregate of the mind, another part of the mind. Starts recognizing. With all the memory of the past, with all the experience of the past, this part of the mind recognizes. What sound? Words. What words? Words of praise. Or words of abuse. Insult. And it also gives evaluation. Praise. Ah, wonderful. Insult. Oh, very bad. Very bad. Then the third part of the mind starts working. As soon as there was a contact of the outside object with the sense door, immediately there was a sensation in the body, neutral sensation. But when this second part of the mind says, praise, wonderful, then the flow of vibration throughout the body becomes very pleasant. One feels very pleasant flow of vibration throughout the body. And when the valuation is given, oh, abuse, insult, very bad, very bad. This flow of vibration throughout the body turns into very unpleasant, unpleasant flow of vibration. The third part of the mind starts feeling these sensations, pleasant, unpleasant, pleasant, unpleasant. And then immediately the fourth part starts working. Pleasant sensation. Ah, wonderful. I like it. Praise, more and more praise. I want more and more praise. Craving. Clinking, craving, clinging. And when the valuation is given, very bad. These are the words of insult. Oh, insulting words to me. Such a great Vipassana teacher, somebody insults. Oh no, an abortion, hatred, abortion, hatred. This is the fourth part of the mind. <clears throat> it reacts. And the moment this reaction starts, it starts with craving. It starts with aversion and one realizes that one has lost the balance of the mind. One has lost the peace of the mind. One has lost the harmony of the mind. The mind gets defiled with this impurity of craving or impurity of aversion. 
this is the habit pattern of the mind from very long time there are sensations in the body all the time due to this reason or that reason all the time every moment and at the depth of the mind this part of the mind keeps on reacting craving aversion craving aversion at the surface of the mind one understands oh i should not get indulged in the sensual objects i should not react to the sensual objects craving or aversion is harmful to me because this teaching was there don't react don't generate craving don't generate aversion no lobha no dosha the training was there but this great scientist went to the depth and he says no you are not reacting to the outside objects it appears to be so this is apparent truth only the actual truth is that you are reacting to the sensations that you feel on the body something pleasant or unpleasant has come in contact with this sense door or that sense door and the sensation that you feel becomes pleasant unpleasant and then only you react this is the root level of the mind unless you purify this root level of the mind all your efforts to purify the mind at the surface level i don't say it is futile it is useless but it doesn't stay this deep volcanic eruption from the depth of the mind keeps on keeps on overpowering you and you lose all the purity of the mind so he wanted us to go to the depth he says a very poisonous tree so harmful you cut it off you cut it and the roots are still there another tree will sprout more than one tree will sprout out of that you are not liberated from this poison so work at the root level of the mind where you got store of this poison accumulated from so long a time and you keep on multiplying 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 without knowing what's happening and making yourself miserable this is what he said avijja that means ignorance what a great ignorance no one wants to harm oneself no one wants to live a miserable life yet without knowing what one is doing at the conscious level one doesn't know what one is doing at the deep so called unconscious mind one keeps on generating one defilement or the other constantly one defilement or the other keep on generating misery 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 what you are doing one does not know even if one understands at the intellectual level yes this is bad i must purify my mind at the root level shit how can you go to that depth that is why he gave this wonderful technique observe your respiration which is true and every step that you take must be with the truth 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 nothing but truth from the gross reality of the mind and matter you move towards the subtle reality subtle reality subtlest reality pertaining to the mind mind pertaining to the matter and then you transcend mind and matter and experience something which is indescribable it is beyond mind and matter beyond the entire sensorium where nothing arises nothing passes away that has to be experienced not just accepting at the emotional or devotional level to be experienced 
And once one experiences it and comes out of it, a totally changed person, totally changed person. The behavior pattern changes now. One cannot perform any unwholesome action which will harm others, which will hurt others. Because one understands every unwholesome action that I perform, vocal or physical, I am the first victim. I cannot perform any action which will harm others and hurt others without generating some defilement or the other in my mind. I kill somebody. How can I kill somebody without generating enormous anger, hatred, ill will, animosity? And the moment I generate anger, hatred, and if I am a good meditator of Vipassana, this is what he taught, one will start feeling burning sensation. The entire body burning, burning sensation. The palpitation increases. The tensions get built up. Oh, misery, misery. So you harm yourself first, and then you harm somebody else. You steal something not belonging to you. How do you steal? Without generating craving for it, greed for it. And a good meditator, going to the depth of the mind, will see, you lost the balance of your mind. You lost the peace of your mind. You lost the harmony of your mind. What I am doing? I started harming myself. One commits sexual misconduct. How it is possible without generating lust, passion? And one notices, one has lost the balance of the mind. Peace of the mind, harmony of the mind. One speaks lies to, to deceive somebody. One speaks harsh words to hurt somebody. One observes, I lost the balance of my mind. I lost the peace of my mind. Then the words of this great scientist become so clear. Pubbe hanati attanang, pacha hanati sopare. First you harm yourself before you harm anybody else. First you kill your own peace and harmony before you kill the peace and harmony of anybody else. If one starts realizing there, nobody wants to kill the peace and harmony of oneself. Nobody wants to generate misery for oneself. The habit pattern starts changing. Habit pattern. Without trying to do anything, naturally, by mistake, I put my hand on the burning fire. It burns. Second time, by mistake, burns. Once, twice, thrice, I touch the burning fire. Then I understand this burning fire. Oh no, I should not touch it. Dangerous, I should not touch it. Similarly, when you go to that depth, oh burning, oh tension, oh misery. Nobody wants to live a miserable life. Oh, not for me. This is not for me. And one starts changing. The life starts changing. This is real spirituality. Spirituality must be practiced in life. Otherwise, what spirituality? Mere talking about spirituality, praising spirituality, and worst part of it, tying it with this religion or that religion. This is Hindu spirituality. This is Buddhist spirituality, Muslim spirituality, Christian spirituality, Jewish spirituality. Spirituality does not require these crutches. Spirituality, spirituality, independent. 
self-dependent. One belonging to this religion or that religion, this tradition or that tradition, or no religion, makes no difference. A human being has to change the habit pattern of the mind to live a moral life, a fruitless moral life. One cannot perform a moral action because of that big experience deep inside. I harm myself. Whenever I perform any immoral action, I harm myself. I harm myself. People start changing, changing. At the time of Buddha, a great terrorist, terrorist of those days, he had killed 999 human beings. 999 human beings. Not with these kinds of explosions and all that, with the modern scientific things. But he showed 999 and was looking for the thousandth one. Such an immoral person. How he changed. No magic, no miracle. Buddha didn't put his hand on his head and now you are a saintly person. Nothing doing. Practice the same thing. Started changing, changing, changing. Became a saint. This is applicable every time. All the time. For everyone. Today also we find very hard criminals in the jail. Very hard criminals. Initially, when they start working, they have some, some hesitation. Because they have been listening so many sermons from the Hindu priests, from the Muslim priests, from the Christian priests, from the Buddhist priests. And now another person has come to give us sermons. But when they start practicing, actual practicing, by the time they reach the fourth day, fifth day, then one asks them, what sort of thoughts are coming in your mind? And every one of them has negative thoughts in the mind. All the time the feeling of revenge, revenge. When I go out, whenever I am liberated from this jail, I go out, I will kill that fellow who gave witness against me. I will kill that policeman. I will kill that judge. Such kind of thoughts are there. And he is then advised, observe what sensations you have. When such thoughts are there in your mind, what sensations? Burning sensation. So much of tension. So much of misery. One starts realizing what I am doing. I may kill or may not kill that person. When I am out of the jail 10 years later, 20 years later, I am killing myself now. I am killing my own peace and harmony now. And they start changing. They start changing. This is happening in every prison, in so many countries, including this great country. I say that people who are behind the bars, behind the walls, they are not the only prisoners. Everyone outside the jail, outside the prison, is also a prisoner. Prisoner of one's own unwholesome behavior pattern at the depth of the mind. Keeps on generating misery for oneself. Misery for oneself. And one becomes very miserable due to this reason or that reason, outside reason. Then, just to escape from that misery, one runs for this sensual entertainment, that sensual entertainment, feels I am quite happy now. What happy? Deep inside, the misery is there. Again, one gets overpowered by that misery. A prisoner, 
a prisoner of one's own habit pattern. And when they start coming, practicing the technique, they start coming out of this misery. However rich may be, very rich people, multimillionaires, billionaires who come to the courses and people feel they are very happy. Look, so much of comfort, so much of money, so much of facilities, what more one wants. When such a person comes to me, I say, very miserable person. Very miserable, deep inside, so much of misery. Because all the time, generating nothing but ego. ego. I pass through that with my own experience, I know. How these rich people, they generate nothing but ego. Ego, I, I, I am such a clever person. That is why I am successful. And hatred for others. These people are useless. They don't know how to make money. And that is why they are poor. Anger, hatred, ego, burning sensation. One doesn't know. But when they come to the courses, they start understanding. Even though one may be very rich, but in the life situations happen like this, where some undesirable things happen in life, unpleasant things happen in life, there may be difference of opinion, quarrels with the spouse or with the family members or with the partners or with the customers. All the market has gone down. One feels so depressed, so depressed. A number of people come with deep depression and this technique helps them. The words of Buddha are so clear. He was a scientist not a founder of any religion. I don't know how people misunderstood him. He was a scientist, super scientist of spirituality. And he says, you react to your body sensations and become miserable. You are deeply depressed. And he says, another discovery that he made, nothing can arise in the mind without feeling of sensation on the body. Nothing can arise in the mind. Sabbe dhamma vedana samosarna. Even a thought that arises, arises with sensation on the body. There is depression. There must be a sensation on the body related to depression. And in meditation, a person is asked to observe the sensation. Accept the fact there is depression. At this moment there is depression in my mind. Depression due to this or that, nothing doing. Depression as depression. And what sensation? And observing the sensation, observing the sensation, one has realized that every sensation, this or that, every sensation has the same characteristic, characteristic of arising, passing away, arising, passing away. Not eternal. So this sensation is not eternal. So this depression related to this sensation, not eternal. Let me see how long it lasts. Let me see how long it lasts. Your head is coming above the water. The depression becomes weaker, 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 passes away, passes away. Any kind of impurity that comes in the mind, the technique teaches accept the fact there is this impurity in the mind. That's all. And what sensation? Observing, 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 it passes away. Large number of people People from every religion, there is no religion in the world today whose followers are not attending 10-day Vipassana courses. No religion in the world. Not only ordinary followers, the leaders, leaders of these religions, large number of monks, nuns, large number of Hindu sannyasis, 
large number of Christian priests, nuns. More than 2,000 Christian priests and nuns have participated, Muslims, Jains, from every community. One thing, every religion teaches purity of mind, love, compassion. They find here is a technique which helps us. Another thing, very important, they have taken vow of celibacy and it is not easy. Not easy to maintain celibacy. Passion arises, lust arises, and they keep on suppressing. I have to live a life of celibacy, suppressing, suppressing. One becomes a mental case, runs to the psychiatrist. Or one performs some unwholesome, heinous act, and then that feeling of guilt, what I have done, guilt complex, misery, misery. A easy solution is found by them. Not that all such people have got difficulties, but quite a few have these difficulties. So easy solution. When passion arises, accept the fact. There is a passion, there is a lust in my mind at this moment, not related to this person or that person. Lust as lust. And start observing the sensation. Any sensation at that time in the body is related to that passion. Observe. Impermanent, not eternal. And let me see how long this lust remains. It becomes weaker, 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 passes away. One has neither suppressed the lust nor expressed it. Mere observation. This is Vipassana. Helps everyone. It is so natural, so scientific, non-sectarian. When you observe the breath, you are not connecting yourself with this fact or that, that sect. You can't say this breath is Hindu or Muslim or Christian or Jewish breath is breath. And when you generate anger or passion and the relative sensation that you get, you can't say this anger is Hindu anger or Buddhist anger or Christian anger. Anger is anger. And the misery that you feel, again, not Hindu or Muslim or Christian or Jewish, misery is misery. And then when that is removed, that impurity is removed, one feels so much of peace and harmony within. And you can't label this peace and harmony also. This is Buddhist peace or Buddhist harmony or Christian or Muslim or Hindu. Peace is peace. Purity of mind is purity of mind. So non-sectarian. This is what is needed in today's world for every individual as well as the societies, the entire human society. A wonderful technique discovered 26 centuries back has again arisen. Make use of it. All of you who are spared your time to understand what Vipassana is, mere understanding and accepting at the intellectual level will not help. It will give you some guidance. It will give you some encouragement. But the benefit that you will get is only when you practice it, go to the depth of the mind where you can feel all types of sensations in the body and learn how to remain equanimous with those sensations. May all of you get an opportunity to observe the reality within yourself, come out of your misery and enjoy real peace, real harmony, real happiness, real happiness. How is meditation relevant during these difficult times after September 11th? More relevant now than at any time. Much more relevant 
than it was 26 centuries back. A terrorist has become so cruel, so inhuman actions, killing innocent people without knowing who is being killed. One has no personal enmity with these people, only because they belong to other religion, some other religion. They belong to some other sect. They belong to some other belief. They belong to some other country. They belong to some other uh, caste. And just killing people. These people require vipassana. Not only that. People get frightened when such a great tragedy happens. How much of fear is there? How much of worry and anxiety is there? A feeling of insecurity. More and more remains, one remains in fear. The terrorist is successful. This is what these terrorists want. People should get frightened and then kneel down and say whatever you want. Well, we will agree. You are supporting, you are helping them. Come out of the fear. And Vipassana helps you to come out of fear. People are ready to accept any death. No fear of the death. By fearing of the death, you can't run away from the death. Vipassana teaches you how to become fearless. It is more relevant today than any time. I am happy now. Why do I need to meditate? <laughs> you are happy? Don't you want to become happier? <laughs> And what you call happy? My friend, it is not eternal. You will notice after some time it is gone and then you become a miserable person. So even happiness is there. Learn something which gives you eternal happiness, which remains, which stays. What qualification must I have in order to attend a 10-day course? No qualification. Come with a clean slate. Don't try to do anything before you join a course. 10 days is just a beginning. It's a long path. The first step is this 10-day course. You can have any qualification. Don't judge yourself. Come. You need it. Everyone needs it. And you will find that you are not lost anything these 10 days. What you are lost is your misery, your defilements of the mind. Is there a free will or is everything predestined? What you call predestined is the result of your own karmas of the past. Whatever seeds you have sown in the past are going to give you the fruits according to that. But this technique will help you not to sow these kinds of seed which will give you misery. And as you work more and more, deeper and deeper, you find that all those seeds which were sown previously, they pass away. They get eradicated and you become free from the misery of the previous seeds also. How much does these courses cost? Can you give the value? It is invaluable teaching. What value can be attached to it? No tag of value can be attached to spirituality, if it's real spirituality. But still, you have to give, give price. And that price is 10 valuable days of your invaluable life. Unless you pay that, 
you can't get this technique. How does this meditation help in daily life? Well, it is for daily life. Ups and downs keep coming in the life. Vicissitudes keep coming in the life and you lose the balance of your mind and you become miserable. May anything happen in the life. You observe sensations and you keep your mind calm, quiet, free from all kinds of pollutions and you are a happy person. You start living a better life, peaceful life, good for you and good for others. Can you discuss the connection between meditation and love making? What you call love is not pure love. You always expect something in return. It's a commercial love. Pure love is always one-way traffic. Without a trace of passion in it, without a trace of lust in it, love is full of compassion. Full of compassion. Then it's pure love. And learn by this technique how to generate pure love for all beings. What is the end result of Vipassana? You get result every step that you take. No step on this path, no effort made on this path is fruitless. You get fruit in the beginning, in the middle, in the end. Purification of mind. As you keep on walking on the path, mind gets purified, purified, purified. The ultimate is when the mind is totally purified to the deepest level. Do you believe homosexuality is immoral or abnormal? Passion is passion. This sexuality or that sexuality makes no difference. Learn how to come out of sexuality. When you are free from passion, free from lust, the peace that you get, the happiness that you get is incomparable. That is to be experienced. Natural celibacy. Those who are married, husband and wife, we find they come to the courses, both practicing vipassana, vipassana, passion arises, both of them start observing, observing sensation, they come out of it. They have not come out of it, had body relation, nothing wrong. You are not broken, you are, you are Sheila. Nothing wrong in there. But a disciplined sex relation, a disciplined sex relation, Naturally, one reaches the stage where sex is not needed. And both of them are so happy, so contented. That is natural celibacy. What is the minimum age for learning, practicing Vipassana? Before birth. <laughs> pregnant, pregnant mothers keep coming to the courses and then meditate not only for themselves but for the child also. You give wonderful vibration to the child. When the child is in the womb and the mother keeps on generating impurities, anger, hatred, passion, fear, what message you are giving to this child? What vibration you are giving to the child? You are misery and you are giving only misery to this child. When you practice Vipassana, you give love, compassion, goodwill, vibration of purity, the child comes out as a Dhamma child. And many, many mothers, pregnant mothers, come to the course, I want a Dhamma baby, I want a Dhamma baby, and they get Dhamma baby. When and how 
Sansara started. It is starting every moment. You are generating your own sansara every moment you are generating. You are creating a world for yourself. Come out of this creation and you will be a happier person. Why aren't we born? Why aren't we born Vipassana masters? Every moment you are taking birth, every moment you are dying, again taking birth, every moment. So you are trying to born as a Vipassana master, but learn Vipassana and you, you will born as Vipassana master. The moment you purify your mind totally, you are a Vipassana master. Can I practice Kriya Yoga and Vipassana meditated together? Anything that works with the feeling of sensation on the body, you call it Vipassana or you call it anything. If you feel the sensations on the body and keep the mind equanimous, you are purifying your mind at the deepest level, at the root level. Name does not matter, you name, name this or that. But there are so many techniques which work only for the surface of the mind. You purify the mind to the surface level, good. At least that much benefit you get. But deep inside, the habit pattern of generating impurity, habit pattern of generating misery is still there. To eradicate that, you have to go to the depth of the mind, and the depth of the mind is constantly in contact with the body sensation. This is law of nature. Please discuss the teachers of today courses. Are they personally trained by you? Yes, training is given. Without training, how can they teach? But first we have to choose which person is fit to get training to teach others. One must develop in this technique, one must develop in the life, what sort of life this person has started living. If purity comes in the life and selflessness comes in the life, you can't teach anybody with any selfish interest. If you expect something in return, then this is not teaching of spirituality, not teaching of Vipassana. So we also have to see one whom we have to give training, we have to see whether this person has got independent livelihood or not, means of livelihood. Otherwise, you will start asking money from the students and that will spoil the whole technique. From the tradition, from the time of Buddha, no money is charged. Even for boarding and lodging, people come and stay and stay there, nothing is charged. But if somebody is so poor that one has got no other livelihood, then one starts asking money, so it is prohibited. When we find this person is suitable, then we give proper training for that and they start teaching. How does Vipassana affect my ability to be creative? Vipassana is for creative, not for destruction. You can't do anything to destruct the peace of yours and peace of anybody else. It is creative, natural creative, always positive. When you generate negativity, when you have anger, hatred, any negative emotion, you can't do anything creative, it is destructive. It harms you and harms others. So the entire path of Vipassana is such, it does not make you inactive. Understand, people see, when I am equanimous with everything, that means I won't do anything, I become inactive. No, you become very active. But no reaction, no blind reaction. Blind reaction will go away. 
When there is blind reaction, there is always element of negativity in it. But when the mind is equanimous, then every action that you take is action full of positivity, good for you and good for others. Will your wife please share some knowledge with us? <laughs> she is sharing so much with me and also with you. She is generating vibrations of love, compassion, goodwill that helps you all to listen calmly. There is no disturbance because of her. It is so much calmness. That is very important. And therefore, learn this technique and generate this peace and harmony for others. And this will be the message of Mrs. Goenka. <laughs> After attending a 10-day course, are you sent home with a technique you can use daily? Certainly. What you learn in 10 days has to be applied in life. Like you learn a physical action, a physical exercise, say yoga, or jogging or walking or any kind of physical exercise, you have to practice daily morning and evening. So also this is a mental exercise. You learn how to practice this mental exercise and morning and evening you have to practice it and then apply in life. Whole day you see whether you are applying it or not. Similar situation before Vipassana, how you used to react. And now with Vipassana, what change has come in your life? If change has not come, there is something wrong in the technique or something wrong in you, your practice. Nothing wrong in the, pra in the technique because so many people are getting benefit. Something wrong in your practice. So meet your teacher, your master, and find out what mistake you are making. You must get definitely a positive result of your practice. What is the responsibility of Indian and Chinese expatriates Americans? Very big responsibility. I find this country a great country magnanimous country, giving shelter to people from different parts of the world. People are in trouble and they come here, they are given refuge. You come here, you settle down, have good livelihood, then it becomes your duty, your responsibility to be fully loyal to this country. Anybody who comes and settles down here, whether it's from India, from China, from any part of the world, must be very loyal to this country. Nothing should be done which will harm this country or the people of the country. Everything that you do should be for the service of the country, service of the people. You learn this technique and spread this technique to the people. You learn how to remain peaceful and explain people and let people learn this technique, a great contribution that you are giving to the country. But see that nothing should be done which will harm this country. Can I start with a 10-day course at home without a teacher? <laughs> Bargaining starts like that. <laughs> For about half of my life, I had been a businessman, so I know bargaining. When I went to my teacher first time, I said, sir, 10 days? Impossible. I am such a busy person. So much responsibility, family responsibility, social responsibility, business responsibility. How can I spare 10 days? Sir, I am very intelligent. You just give me your technique. I'll practice at home. 
nothing doing. All right, one day I'll practice with you. Two days I'll practice with you. Nothing doing. Understand, you have to make a surgical deep operation of your mind. You have to go to the depth of the mind where you can feel everything within the framework of the body and requires minimum 10 days. Don't start bargaining. Spare 10 days and get real benefit of this technique. After that, no teacher. You are your own teacher. You are your master. You make your future. You make your fortune. But first you have to learn from somebody who has got experience in the line so that you don't take a wrong action and don't harm yourself. Learn the technique and then carry on. Never remain under the clutches of a guru. Don't allow anybody to exploit you. Many of my loved ones are in desperate need of vipassana. Yet they are the ones who need it the most. How can I help them to try vipassana? First to take a course yourself. And when you are dear and near ones find that there is a big change in you, they will certainly get attracted. If no change in you, then they will say, why I spend my ten days? Look, nothing has happened to you. <laughs> so practice properly vipassana, get good results, and others will come. This is how it is spreading. How do we overcome desire and aversion if we desire enlightenment? If you start craving for enlightenment, then you are running in the opposite direction of enlightenment. No enlightenment. Enlightenment is free from craving. Desire is different. Your natural desire for water when you are thirsty, nothing wrong. But you start craving, no water, what will happen? I will die without water. Oh, you lost the balance of your mind. Your desire for the water, try and get water. If you didn't get all right, try again, try again. Don't lose the balance of your mind. Keep equanimity and keep working. If you start craving and clinging for it, you become a miserable person. If everybody observes sensations, who will protect our country? <laughs> Those who are observing sensations are strong, fearless to protect the country. The governments have started realizing that India government has understood that this is a technique, secular technique, non-sectarian technique, which gives result. Therefore, the police academy has introduced Vipassana. Thousands of police officers and other ranks, they take Vipassana. And they are doing their duty much better. Military officers in Nepal, two lieutenant generals of the army, are Vipassana meditators. One of them is a teacher, teacher of Vipassana. It does not make you run away from your responsibility. You work in a proper way. A police, a military person has to be very attentive, very alert, at the same time with a balanced mind. If your mind is agitated, how can you take good action? How can you protect the country properly? It is very important for those who defend the country. Why is the difference between practicing Vipassana and doing Reiki? We are not against Reiki. There are many different ways of healing people. Reiki is one. And we support that. We are happy. Somebody is helping others to come out of physical misery. Nothing wrong in that. But once you mix up with Vipassana, then it becomes dangerous. Because Vipassana needs you to observe your own natural sensation, whatever it is. 
natural sensation. And here Reiki, you give the input of outside vibration, input of another vibration, and natural vibration, and this artificial vibration, outside vibration, many a times is a clash inside, and we have seen cases where people have got deranged in mind. We are here to help people. Even one amongst a thousand gets harmed with this mixing up, we are responsible for that. And that is why we say, if you practice Reiki, practice Reiki, nothing wrong. If you practice Vipassana, practice Vipassana, don't mix up the two. Have you had an outer body experience? If yes, please share what it is like. <laughs> the whole experience should be within the framework of the body. The moment you say outer body, then imagination is involved, auto-suggestions are involved, outer-suggestions are involved, which is far away from Vipassana. In Vipassana, you have to be within the framework of your own body, understanding the interaction of mind and matter, mind and matter at the deepest level, so that you change the habit pattern at the deepest level. How does one deal with fear of death? Fear of all kinds of fear. When fear arises, you just accept the fact at this moment there is fear in my mind. Not fear due to this or due to that. Fear as fear, abstract fear. And see what sensation you are having. Keep on observing the sensation, impermanent. Imper this fear is also impermanent. Let me see how long it lasts. How long it lasts. It becomes weaker, weaker and passes away. People who are suffering from very painful physical diseases like say cancer, and terminal stage of cancer is so painful and yet good meditators who have passed away in this painful situation we are informed about 20 of them we keep getting information from their relatives till the last moment there is no fear of death they don't cry they don't take any kind of medicine to become unconscious consciously, smilingly observing the breath, observing the sensation, they pass away. This is an art of dying. And you can learn art of dying only when you learn art of living. If you don't know how to live, you don't know how to die. So death is bound to come. Why not accept the death smilingly, smilingly, and be happy now and be happy for the future? So kind of you. You've given so much time. May all of you Come out of misery and joy, peace. Two more? All right. <laughs> I thought liberated. <laughs> come. Come, come, come. Do you believe in past life? What you will get by my believing or anybody's believing? What you believe. You believe in the present life. This is more important. Past life or future life. Not important. What important is the present life, the present moment. If you can change your present life as a good life, this will take care of the future. Don't worry about the future. If the present is so miserable, future is product of the present only, it will bring nothing but misery. So give importance to the present life, the present moment of the present life, and make it more and more pure to live a better life. Can Vipassana help me get rid of the past and the guilt associated with it? 
can anapanisadi provide this same result for the problem mentioned anapan is the beginning but it takes you to vipassana anapan is observation of sense of respiration but comes to sensation it becomes vipassana guilt feeling is a big big complex it makes people very unhappy something happened in the past and you keep on remem- remembering remembering you are making yourself more and more miserable by this technique if a guilt feeling arises you accept the fact there is a guilt feeling in my mind at this moment don't go in the details of that guilt guilt feeling in my mind what sensation any sensation at that time is related to that guilt feeling observe observe remain equanimous remain equanimous you are totally out of it the scar is gone you just remember like something happened in past life but you won't be troubled with that a wonderful way to come out of all sorts of miseries including the guilt misery again may you all be happy be peaceful be liberated